you, Hashem. Okay, today's Dav is Dav Samach Dalit. Page 64 in the Halig of Mesachas Kedushin, and we pick up on Dav Samach Dalit. The second line read a brand new Mishnah, continuing on in various situations where somebody marries a woman, whether it's a father marrying off a daughter, whether it's a man marrying a woman, and things get complicated. So, we haven't said this yet because it's a simple message, and that is keep things simple. <laughs> Otherwise, you never know what you're, what you're asking for. So here we go. Viter in situations that can uh, come up. Kidashti esbiti, kidashti avagirashtia, kishihikatana. If a father says, I married off my daughter. Let's see, he's got a daughter who's 20. And now the father says, I, you should know, he says to his daughter and to everybody else, I, I married you off when you were eight. You're really a married woman. You think you're a single girl. You're a married woman. Or he said, I married her off when she was eight and I accepted her divorce when she was eight. Varehi Kitana. So if she's not yet 20, let's say she's 10 at this point, then Nemon he's believed, which seems to imply if she'd be 20 years old and he does this to her, eh, 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 eh. sorry, Charlie, not happening. Okay? As long as she's still within his power to do such a thing, we'll trust him. But now she's 20. You're claiming you did something and accepted marriage and divorce for her when she's 8 years old, 12 years ago. No, sorry, not happening. We don't believe you. Like we just said, she's ready to then we're not going to trust him anymore. What if he says, listen, my daughter, when she was uh, four years old, was captured. Now we assume girls that are taken into captivity are violated. And they're not called virgins. They're not called basula. So he says... She was taken into captivity and I redeemed her. Whether she's eight years old now, whether she's 20 years old now, we do not believe him. Okay, so it seems we're going to believe him about accepting marriage. We don't believe him about whether or not she was taken into captivity. Says the Gemara, what's the difference between marriage and captivity? Why by marriage do we believe him when she's a katana, but not when she's a gadayla, but by captivity we never trust him. Maishna ratio, maishna seifa. What's the difference in Allah between, between, mari- between marriage and captivity? Says I'll tell you the difference. Reisha biyade. In the first case, a father has the ability to marry off his daughter, give over her hand in marriage, and to accept the divorce. So over there, since it's in his yad, it's in his capabilities, we'll trust him. Especially if she's a minor. Well, not especially, specifically if she's a minor, because it's still within his capabilities to do that right now if he wanted. Seifa, but by captivity, lav biyadi. This is not him. Somebody else took her into captivity. This is not in his power and his control to create. And therefore we say, I get into talk, have a good day, we don't believe you. Says the Gemara, the lie. Is it true that it's not in the father's power to get involved in the second case of the mission when it has to do with captivity? We know that a father has a right to give over um, his daughter to marry a Kohen who's a Cholol. Now a Kohen who's a Cholol is, to just keep it simple, we'll, we'll call it a Kohen that lost his status. Have a Kohen lost his status, however it was, whether, let's say his father was a Kohen, this could just be one of the cases. You have a Kohen that marries a divorcee, and they have a son. That son is a Cholol. Son is a Cholol. His father's a Kohen, but he's not a Kohen because his father wasn't allowed to marry his mother. Now, he's not a mamzer, but he's called a Chol. He's, he doesn't have the Kedusha of a, of a Kohen. Now, a Chol that has relations with any woman, that woman becomes forbidden from ever marrying a Kohen. So if a father says, um, uh, a, a fa- it's in a father's right to give his daughter over to a Chol. And in such a case, if he were to give her over to a cholol, she would lose her status capabilities from ever being married to a Kohen. So over here we see it's uh, the father is in his yad to give her over to something that got ready for this. Ready for this. Here's the catch. Is not really a kosher marriage and instead we're going to call it captivity. Now it's a little bit of a stretch. The question is a little bit of a stretch. 
right? You, you got what I'm saying? Because the father over here, the question is, oh, you see a father has rights to give his daughter over to a, somebody who's forbidden. We're assuming that's like captivity. Because what's the issue with captivity? Somebody forbidden to her will have relations with her. So we're connecting that concept to a, a halal who's going to create something forbidden in her. Okay. But if we're going to take this route, which you could question, we could challenge this. But if we're going to take this route, the Gemara is now questioning, uh, you see it's within a father's power to give her over to somebody who's forbidden to have relations with her. Okay. That what happens is, if you have a Kohen who's a Chalal, and he has relations with a regular Yisraelis, that child from that union is not called a Chalal anymore. The regular Yisraelis kind of removes the Chalal status from the family. And so what's going to happen is like this. You can have a grandfather who's a kosher Kohen, has a son who's a Chalal, because the grandfather married a divorcee. So the son's a Chalal. If that Chalal marries a regular Jewish woman, and they have a son, that son's a regular Yisrael. Okay? So you could have somebody who's a Kohen, Cholol, Yisrael. Okay. Now, so what? How does that help us? I'll tell you how it helps us. Because if the woman who marries the Cholol is kind of like the purifier and removes the Cholol from the future family, that now this kid's a regular Yisrael, so we see that that, that uh, marriage is not called a captivity marriage. There's actually something that's positive that's coming out of it, which is much different. Instead of calling something wrong with her, that's much different than captivity where she's going to now be called a zaina. She's going to be called somebody who's been violated. Over here, just the opposite. When she marries a chol, she's not called a violated girl. She's called a mikvah for the chol. For, for the chol. She's actually in, uh, helping out the, this family. And therefore, just because the father has rights to give her over to a chol, <clears throat> he's not going to prove that we should trust him when he said she was taken into captivity. Says the Gemara, very Our father has a right to give her over to a mamzer. And if he has a right to give her over to a mamzer, why don't we should also trust him that she was taken into captivity. Again, a forbidden relation. And a father is trusted. Says the no, guess what? If a father gives her over to a mamzer, you know what the Allah is? Eh, you ain't married. You're not married. And Rabbi Kiva is of the opinion, whenever there's a negative transgression, it's not even a, a valid union. It's not even going to work. Okay? So Artana holds that a father doesn't have the power to give over uh, his daughter to a mamzer. You know why? Because it's not a marriage. Now let me explain the Machlaikas for, for a moment. It's a fascinating dispute. I want to explain. If you and I were to walk over to a married woman, and say to her, and put a ring on her finger. Are you married to her? No. Why not? You put a ring on her finger and you had a wedding ceremony. There's witnesses. Why aren't you married? Because she's already married. So what? Here's so what. Okay, so let's get into the kishkas of it. Anytime, if me being with this woman would be a death penalty, a capital punishment, Kedushin is not toface. Kedushin does not grab hold. Marriage does not work. A man could put a ring on another man's finger and you could have somebody who calls themselves a rabbi officiate the marriage. It doesn't matter. The, it, it's not a, it doesn't work. If you walk over to a cow with witnesses and put a ring or a bracelet around a cow's foot, you're not married. It doesn't work even if you have somebody who calls themselves a rabbi and two people are watching. It's nothing. Okay? Now, why? Why? The question is why. Not just because we're going to sit here and say, because society doesn't allow you. No, no, no. It's not why. It's not why. Let's keep this real. Let's keep this real. It's because the Torah says... There's a chiyuv misa, there's a death penalty if, with bestiality. There's a death penalty if you live with a married woman. There's a death penalty 
to live with another man with Adam and everything that's in place. So Kedushin cannot grab hold. That's why. Okay. Rabbi Akiva comes along with a novel idea and says Rabbi Akiva, and this is a machlekas elsewhere, this is a conversation elsewhere, but let's say like this. Rabbi Akiva says, I want to tell you something. Even if there's no death penalty and there's no chiyav kares, whatever, there's no, there's no death in this world, no death in the next world, if the Torah doesn't allow it, it's not a valid marriage ever. It doesn't need to be a death penalty. Says Rabbi Akiva, listen to this. Rabbi Akiva says, if it says in the Torah that a Kohen cannot marry a divorcee, and a Kohen puts a ring on a divorcee's finger, says Rabbi Akiva, you are not married. See, according to the other opinion, which is how we paskin, which is how we, we rule, you're actually married, but it's a transgression. According to Rabbi Akiva, if the Torah doesn't allow something, it's not even valid. Here we go. Back to this statement of the Gemara. So the Gemara says, we're following Rabbi Akiva Da'amar in Kedush Taisim We're dealing with the opinion of Rabbi Akiva who says, when the Torah ever does not allow a marriage, it does not even grab hold. And therefore like this, does the Torah allow a Jewish woman to marry a mamzer? No. We hold, we meaning halacha lamaisa, we don't follow Rabbi Akiva. We hold, if a, girl, if a woman were to marry a mamzer, they're married, it's just forbidden. Rabbi Akiva says, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. If the Torah doesn't allow something, guess what? The same way if you put a bracelet on a cow, you're not married, so too over here. If a father marries a daughter off to a mamzer, she's not married because the kedushin, the marriage is not valid. Says the Gemara. But, Rabbi Akiva does agree that a widow to a Kohen Gadol would be valid. And therefore, like this, says the Gemara, a father can marry off his daughter who's a widow. Now the obvious question is going to be, how in the world can you have a father marry off his minor daughter who's already a widow, and he still has rights over her? Let me explain for a moment. We've gone through this before, but let's, let's articulate this together. Here's the problem with this setting. A father has one get married card for his kid. If you have a young a katana daughter, you can marry her off once. One marriage card. The moment you marry her off to a man, you can never marry her off to somebody else. You lose your rights. So what we need to understand over here is as follows. We're saying a case where a father is, has a minor daughter who's a widow... And he's marrying her to a Kohen Gadol. How is that possible? She's already a widow. The father lost his one get married card. Okay? So how, get, right? how could he marry her a Kohen Gadol now? She's already a widow. So she's been married. And don't tell me she accepted the marriage by herself because a katana can't do that. A minor can't do that. It has to be the father originally accepted the marriage and therefore he's done. How is he giving her over to a Kohen Gadol? That's what we need to clarify. So let's get into this. Says the Gemara. Rabbi Akiva holds anytime you have a forbidden relationship. It could be a Kohen to a divorcee. That kid's a Mamzer. With the exception of a widow who marries a Kohen Gadol. The Torah says, You shouldn't take her. And you shouldn't take her so that you don't, you're not Mechalal. You don't make mundane your children, which means the Torah is telling us specifically when a Kohen Gadol, a high priest, marries a divorcee, what would happen with their kid? Chilulim, I said, that kid would be a Chalol. He would lose his status of a Kohen. However, you're not a Mamzer. Okay. So in general, Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion, whenever the Torah doesn't allow a marriage, if you make that union and you get together, the kid's a Mamzer, one exception, a, a, a widow to a to a Kohen Gadol. Okay, now so what? Why do we get into this topic? We got onto this topic because of the following. We said that, we, we said in the mission on the top of the page, and this is going to be a, a, a way to bring a full circle for those who came on Mamish two minutes in. So here we go. The mission on the top of today's daf, that short mission said that if a father comes and claims that he married off his daughter when she was a katana. So the Mishnah says, 
If she's still a katana when he says this, we trust him. If she's a gedayla, we don't trust him. So you have a, this guy's got a daughter who's 20. And he says, oh, everybody, by the way, I, I accepted marriage for her uh, when she was eight. He gets to fight with his daughter. I don't know why he's doing this to her. He gets to fight with his daughter. She's 20. And he's like, oh, yeah? You think you're all that? Well, let me tell you something. You're never getting married. And I'll tell you why. Because when you were eight years old, I accepted marriage for you. And I'm not telling you who you're married to. Ha, 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 ha. Says the Mishnah, if she's ready, we don't trust the father. You, you have no rights to do that. It's not because she's out of your domain. We, she's out of your control. You can't you get out of here. Go, go home. Get out of here. But if she's a katana, then we believe him because he, it's still in his power to do such a thing to her. So why wouldn't we believe him? She's 10 years old now. He's claiming about something that she's eight. He could marry her off now if he wanted. Then the Mishnah said, a father is never trusted to say his daughter was taken as a captive. Now, the Gemara here is questioning why we don't trust the father. Since, here's the question now, this is rough in the Gemara. In the case of captivity, since a father can, he has the ability to create a marriage between his daughter who's a almana to a kain gadol, it would be a, a forbidden relationship, but it would still be valid. We're gonna call this an abduction. It's like she's taken into captivity because the problem with captivity, when a father says my daughter's taken captive, what's he doing to her? You know what he's saying? She's no longer a basula. She's no longer a virgin because we assume when you're taken to captivity, the, the gayim are violating her. That's the assumption. Says the Gemara, the same way a father has a right to get her violated by marrying her off as a widow, why don't we trust him to say that she was violated as a, as a captive? That's what we're up to in the Gemara. Okay, that's how all this is coming together. Says the Gemara, Kidrebi Yeshevav. Our Mishnah is following Rebbe Yeshevav, which is the Yamar. Rebbe Yeshevav says, Bo'u v'nitzvach al Akiva ben Yosef. Rebbe Akiva holds, anytime you have a forbidden marriage, the kids are mamzerim, except for an Amman of the Kohen Gadol. He says, let's go scream at Rebbe Akiva. He said, any man who's not allowed to marry a regular Jewish woman, Havlad Mamzer, the kid's going to be a Mamzer, which means, according to Rebbe Yeshevav, Kedushin never works, and this includes even a widow to a Kain Gadol. And since it includes even a widow to a Kain Gadol, a father is not trusted. And that's why our mission is consistent. Fine, you're right, you got me. According to Rabbi Yeshevov's understanding of Rabbi Akiva, which is that even by a widow, it's not valid. According to Rabbi Yeshevov's approach, I understand why a father's never trusted to say his daughter was taken into captivity. You know why? Because it's not in his power to ever create that scenario for her. He can never create an abduction scenario. It's not in his power. So if he claims that she's taken capt- uh, that she was taken captive, you know what we're going to say to the daughter? Twiddle our thumbs at him. Get out of here. We don't need you. You're, we, we don't trust you. According to Bishabov, again, because he, no, he has no power to ever put his daughter into a situation of, a, of, of abduction and forbidden relations. The father has no right, according to Rabbi Akiva. What about according to other opinion? According to other opinion, that a, that a widow could marry Kangavo, so it does have the father. Okay, so now what are you going to say? We're back to our question. Amr Ravashi, Ravashi says, the Tizbara, Reisha Mishum, Debiyadahu, he says, let me go back. He says, let's recalibrate everything we said. He says, in the first part of the mission, and let's get, let's, re, let's repeat. In the first part of the Mishnah, which is, the father is trusted to tell us he married off his daughter when she was a minor, as long as she's still a minor, and he's not trusted if she's now 20 years old, if she's now an adult. Why is he trusted? Nehi, granted, he has the ability to marry her off. But is it in his power to have her divorced? In other words, he could accept the get, but he, it's not in his power to divorce her. Who has the power to divorce the girl? If a father marries off her ten, his 10-year-old daughter to a man, so he has that right. But if let's say the husband wants to divorce her, 
who who has the power? The husband. The husband has the power. A father can't force a divorce. It's not in his power to walk over to the husband and say, oh, by the way, you better divorce my daughter. Yeah, yeah why? I like her. She likes me. Get out of our marriage. You, you're, you're, right? Give the father-in-law a handkerchief and tell him that's where he should stick his nose. Get out of here. Right? He doesn't need a beer. What, what's, but he, it's, it's not in his power. But I, and furthermore, if the guy, the husband, yeah, says, I don't want to marry her, or I don't want to be married, could the father marry her against his will? Therefore, says Ravashi, let me explain something. Let me explain something. With a very beautiful logic. He says, don't tell me that the difference between the Rasha and the Seifa, marriage and captivity, is that I trust the father by marriage because it's within his power, but I don't trust him by captivity because it's not in his power. Says Ravashi, that doesn't make sense. And Ravashi's right. It doesn't make sense. You following the logic here? The Mishnah says, a father's believed to tell us he, he married his minor daughter off. He's not believed to tell us his minor daughter was taken to captivity. Until now, the entire Gemara, we've been assuming, oh, you know why? Because it's within the power of the father to marry her off. It's not in his power to take her into captivity. Says Gemara, it's not in his power to marry her off. Somebody else wants to marry her. You can't force a marriage. You can, you, there's always another brain here saying, I want to marry her. <laughs> if nobody wants to marry her, the father can't. It's not his power. It takes two to tango. So we're back to square one. Our original question, which is, why by marriage do we trust a father to say his minor daughter is married? But why by captivity do we not trust? Answers the Gemara. El Amr Ravashi. Rather, Ravashi explains Reisha, Rachmana, Mia, uh, Reisha by marriage. Rachmana, Hemne. Hashem trusts, says we should give trust to the father. Why? Kidrav Huna. The Amr of Huna Marav. Minayin La'av, Shenemon, Lesser, Esbita, Minater. How do we know that a father can. Make his daughter forbidden biblically. Then what do you mean forbidden? Forbidden to marry any other man. Meaning to marry her off. How do I know that? Shenamar, Because it says in the Torah. The verse says. As the father says. I've given her over to this fellow. When he says he gave her over to somebody in marriage. That's when she becomes forbidden. This man. That's causing him. To become, that causes her to become permitted to this guy. Okay? So when it says in the Torah, the father has a right to forbid her to every man and then say which man she's actually permitted to. Now let me explain. This is, this is a simple concept which is coming out in an interesting way. Reb Gershon Simcha. Okay? You are married. You are married. There's two ways. There's two ways to look at your marriage to your wife. One way to look at it is that she's forbidden to marry anybody because she's a married woman. The other way to say it is she's permitted to a specific man. Which also would mean she's forbidden to everybody else. It's just how you present it. It's how you say it. Okay? So a father says the Gemara, when we, we want to know, why is a father trusted to say that his minor daughter is married? Why do we trust him? It's not because of any power that he has. It's because of a verse in the Torah. The verse in the Torah simply says, as biti nasati laish. A father can say, my daughter's been given over to a man. That statement means she's forbidden to any man. Then he says, Hazeh, but for this guy, which means she's forbidden to the whole world, but permitted to this guy. Since the Torah gives the father the rights to say that, a father is trusted to say, my minor daughter is married. Simple enough. Okay, that's it. That's it. Again, we're like, 
Why are you trusting in the ratio? Why are you trusting him to talk about marriage? Why are you trusting about captivity? Answers the Gemara simply because the Torah says I should trust him by marriage. It doesn't tell me I should trust him by captivity. So why should I trust him? That's it. <coughs> says the Gemara. By marriage, the Torah gives, gives uh, credibility to the, to the old man. We don't find the source in the Torah to trust him that his daughter is taken to captivity. And therefore, if a father shows up and says, yeah, my daughter is no longer a besula. She no longer has virginity because she was taken in captivity. We're going to say, we don't care what you say. Get out of here. Bye. Have a wonderful day. There's no reason why we should trust you other than any other man who shows up and says that. Bezdin's going to say to him, get out of here. Who are you? Do you have witnesses? Do we know? No, get out of here. You're, you're a random guy. Okay? Because the terror doesn't give him those rights. Okay. Period. End of the Gemara. Next mission. Of a few Mishnahis on this, uh, on this daf. Here we go. About, uh, let's see, six lines into the wide lines on Samach Talit Amaral. Says the next mission. Misha Omar Bishasmi Sosai Yesh Li Bonim Nemon. Very interesting. Here we go. You have a man married to a woman. He marries her when, let's just give a time frame. He marries her when she's 40. Just making up a number. They've, they're now 120. He's 120. She's 119. So he's, uh, he's assuming he doesn't have too much time left. Says to his wife, let me tell you something. I have a younger brother. When I die, you are not a Yavama, even though we're childless. We've been married 80 years. You're not, since we're 40. You are not a Yavama. She says, really? We don't have kids. He says, I never told you. Before I married you, I have a son from when I was 20. Now, anytime a man has a son, so his name's continued, and there's no mitzvah of Yibam. Okay? So says the Mishnah, Neman, we trust him to say that she's not a Yavama. We trust him to say he has children that she never knew about. And no brother of his is allowed to do Yibam on her. However, listen to this next case. Interesting, right? What happens? He's 120. She's 118, 19. They have no kids. He says to her, He's about to die. He says, so listen, sweetie, you know, we don't have kids. I know that you're 119. You have your eyes on another guy once I'm out of here. You know, you have guys. You should know you're not allowed to marry him. She says, really, why not? He says, I have a baby brother somewhere. You're going to be a Yavama. She says, I never knew about that. I never knew you had a brother. Where's that? Says the Mishnah, <coughs> we don't trust him. We don't trust him. We trust the guy to tell her that she's not a Yavama, which is to her advantage. Because if she's a Yavama, she's limited to who she can marry. We trust him to, to help her by saying she's not a Yavama. We don't trust him to hurt her Siddhach opportunities and say, oh, I have a brother, you're going to be a Yavama. Says the Mishnah, we don't trust him. Okay. So again, to testify that she's not a Yavama, we believe him. To testify she will be a Yavama, we don't believe him. Says the Gemara. Alma, you see from our Mishnah, a husband's believed to release his wife from Yibam. By saying he has kids, but he's not believed to tie her up in Yibum by saying I have a brother. Okay. Now this approach to the Mishnah is not consistent with the teaching of Rav Nassim. The Tanya, we learned in Abraisa, Bashas Kedushin, if at the time that a couple gets married. Omar, he says, Yeshlai Banim. He says to the woman, you should know, I have children, I have children from earlier, uh, earlier in my life. 
Okay. Now, why would he say that? Rashi says something interesting. Okay? And this is, get ready for this, this is a shidduch question I have not heard yet. Don't, don't uh, count it hard on people, but this is what you haven't heard yet. And here we go. Here's, the, here's what, here's how he's trying to get her to be interested in marrying him. He says, I already have children. Why? He's letting her know when he dies, and if it were to be before her, she won't be a Yavama. You have nothing to worry about. That's one thing I haven't heard of yet. Yeah? Somebody wanting the husband to have children so that there's no chance of Yibam. You want the guy to have previous children. Okay, who knows? But he's trying to, to make himself attractive and, uh, in marriage. He says, marry me. I, I hate your brother, she says. Don't worry about my brother. You'll never be a Yavama to him. I already have kids. Bishas Misa Omar, and then he's on this deathbed. It's 100, turning 120. And he says, you should know, I lied. Aim Bonham, I don't really have kids. And, and guess what, sweetie pie? You, guess what? You will be a Yavama. Or Bishas Kedushin Omar, at the time of marriage, he says, Aim Layachin, I don't have any brothers. Don't worry, I'm a single child. You'll never be Yavama to any brother. And Bishas Misa Omar, by the way, I've got a couple of secret brothers. Neman lahatir be neman lesser. Divrei Rebbe. Rebbe says we trust him to release her from Yibam. We don't trust him to add her to Yibam. But of Nasan Aimer, no, af neman lesser. We trust him no matter what. We even trust him to say that she's a Yavama. So Rav Nasan is not consistent with our Mishnah. Amar Rav, Rav says, shiny Hassam. This case of the Brisa is different. Kiban de Bishas Misa Kahadar since on his deathbed, the husband's backing out, Ema Kushtaka Amar. Ravnasan says like this. Ravnasan says, it depends. It depends when I trust the husband. So here's how it works. A woman never knew that her husband has brothers. One day he comes home from work and he says, Hey, by the way, sweetie pie, I have brothers. I have brothers. We don't trust him. But it says of nothing. If he's on his deathbed, there's a greater chance that he's telling the truth. And therefore, um, um, and, uh, uh, and therefore, uh, so there's an assumption he's telling the truth. Okay. Because he's on his deathbed. If it's not on his deathbed, we don't assume he's telling the truth. Meaning, Rav Nassim will agree with our Mishnah that he's not trusted to, to, to answer her. Go ahead, what? I think the, the logic is the opposite. Why? Because when when he's seventy years old and he and he tells his wife that he doesn't have any, um, there's a good there's a good chance that if he really did have and he would die, that she would have you have to go through Yibum, right? Yeah. But if he's 120 and he's on his deathbed, doesn't make a difference what he says because that, at that age, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. True, true. I think, good. He's over bottle, she's over bottle, doesn't make a thing. I hear the logic. I hear the logic. I'll, t- I'll tell you where Rav Nussin's coming from. Rav Nussin's coming from an assumption that People, when they're about to leave the world, that's when they look back, that's when they look back and have charata, and they want to and, and they want to put their stuff in order. Now, where does he get it from? I can't promise. Um, we'll get into it, Bez Hashem, a little more into this logic, but we do find a source from this from Yaakov Avinu. Or Yaakov Avinu had a lot to tell his shvatim, but he waited until he was about to pass. To set everything in order, give them the musr they needed to hear, give them the brachas that they they needed to receive, so that it doesn't uh, you know schlep on in a way when he's around. So I hear what you're saying, and I can't argue on your logic. I, I think there's a there's a powerful message in in what you're saying vis a vis Rav Nussin, where Rav Nussin is just going to take a flip approach and hold that the assumption that people have remorse, have charata over what they did previously outweighs the Ivaru bottle the logic. And therefore, he's, Rav Nassim is going to say, we will give credibility 
to end of life, what we'll call, um, what's it called? What's the better word? Uh, end of life uh, admittance. Because people, uh, confession. Yeah, an end of life confession when he wants to uh, when he wants to come clean. Oh, but here I can't argue on your logic. I think it's the it's a final logic. The question is which, which one outweighs over here. So you're probably holding like our Mishnah, and Reb Nassim's going to be that, that's going to be his svara to argue. Okay, says the Gemara. Abaye He says Reb Nassim, what Yale's saying. Yeah, and that is that maybe a person should tell the truth the other way. Says Gemara. Over here, the guy's, you know, the guy is uh, contradicting what he said earlier in his life. Amr Kushtagarmi, he told me to tell him the truth. Masis, in the case of our mission, he's not directly arguing with anything he said earlier. Like Koshkin, how much more so should we assume that he's telling the truth? Because in the case of the Rasha, he just didn't say anything. He never knew. Right? She, she didn't say anything. He, she just never knew there's a brother. Now he's saying, oh, by the way, I have a brother. He's not contradicting anything that he said earlier. So maybe there's... There's um, more reason to say that uh, that he would lie. People don't want to look like a direct contradiction, but you told me, yeah. Rabbi, rather Rabbi says, Armish is dealing with a man who got married, and at the time of the marriage, there was no family members who showed up to the wedding. There were no brothers who showed up. There was no mention of brothers. Yeah, and the, the, there's uh, you know, and the, the, there's no reason to assume anything. And the same thing holds true with children. So we're going to say, since the time of the marriage, we don't know that he's got brothers or kids. If he says, I have children, we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, believe him. Okay? Why? Because get ready for this. We originally thought that she wasn't capable of having Yibam anyway. That's, that was my initial assumption. So this, things don't change. But if he's got, now going to say, I have brothers, we shouldn't trust him. Because originally she wasn't assumed to have possibility of Ibum, and now there is. And since we originally assumed at the time of marriage different, he doesn't have the, the uh, ability to start creating Teres Ibum on her. Brysa, but by the Brysa, top of Amadbez, the Muxuklam Benachai. In the case of the Brysa, says the Gemara, we assumed there were brothers, but there was no Chazaka. Uh, that there was children. Now Rashi says this is just the case of the Brisa. The case of the Brisa is where there was the, 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 uh, there was an assumption of brothers, but there wasn't an assumption of children. Now there's that means that at the time of marriage, she thought or she knew there was a capability of Hebrew. because again, assumption of brothers, no assumption of children, which means going into the marriage, she has in mind there's always this possibility. To Amrinon. That we would say, Mali Lashakar. Yeah? He would say, why, uh, why would I lie? Because what's changed? <laughs> what's he going to add? Michael Omar, Le Miyavam, he wants to get her out of Yibam. Motsi Omar, Pertanala If he wants to get her out of, out of Yibam, you know what the husband could do? Instead of lying that I have no brothers, you know what he could say? Here's a get, sweetie pie. Take this get, and you're divorced a moment before I die. That's it. It's another easy way to get her, uh, get her out of Yibam. And therefore, we're going to believe the husband to say that he has children, or I don't have brothers, because there's no need to lie about this. See, people lie about things when they're in a jam. If, you have, if they have no reason to lie, the assumption is, why would you lie for fun? Again, if the lie's getting her out of Yibam... That's a dumb thing to lie about. You want to get your wife out of Yibam? Give her a get now and say, sweetie, I care for you. I love you. Let me tell you something. The moment before I die, this get is effective. And that's how he's getting rid of Yibam. Okay. Period. Rebbe says the logic of Mali Lishakar, having that backing you up of what did I have to gain by lying is mamish like testimony. And the and witnesses could come and remove a status. So he has such a strong claim backing him up that it could mamish change the original chazaka. Okay? And Rebbe says, no, the whole thing of why would I lie doesn't give you a strong testimony. It's just it gives you a status. Yeah, all right, well, get it. You know, I trust you. 
And one chazaka can't come and completely remove another chazaka. I, I love Gemaras like this that end off with such a dispute because it's really telling us they're both right. And there's two valid ways to, uh, two valid ways to look at it. And this comes up constantly, constantly, constantly in our lives. And it's letting us judge how much credibility to give to certain claims. How much credibility give to a claim? Somebody says something and it's like, eh, I don't know. It doesn't sit with me. It's not sitting. It's, it doesn't sit well with me. It's whether it's contradicting something somebody said earlier or it's, you have to have a, a, a chush, you have a feel that there's like, there's, there's something off. So the Gemara here is telling us, here's what's important to take into account. And that is, if the person's lying, what do they have to gain by it? And here's the next layer. If they have nothing to gain from lying, I should give them credibility, but there's a machlekes about how much. Do I give them credibility like, okay, now balance it out with other chazakas? Or is this like, no, proof in the pudding, baby. Proof, this is like testimony. Machlekes out of you it. Like I said, if you, and I'm sure this comes up in, in, in all of our lives, yeah, it could come up in our daily life, doesn't mean it happens every day, but many different times where you, you're trying to add things to the calculation, the cheshben, and, and know when to, know when to uh, you know, uh, give, give truth to specific claims. And here we have the machlekes uh, between Rebbe and Rav Nassim about how much power to give to a mali the shaker. Okay, says the next Mishnah. Hamakadish's bitai stam ein habaygrais bichlal. This is very interesting. A man has seven daughters. I just made that up. Okay, it doesn't need to be that specific number. He walks over to a fellow and he says, I am giving over my daughter's hand in marriage to you. He doesn't say which of his seven daughters. So we got a problem. So the first thing is, says the Mishnah, all of his adult daughters certainly are fine. Why? Because he has no right to marry them off. He has no power to do that, so they're they're off the hook. So again, Hamakadish Bita Stam. He doesn't say which daughter. Ain Habigris Bichlal. So that all of his adult daughters are uh, they're they're fine. Okay, there's no there's no chance. That they're uh, they're married, okay. All right, let's, we're going to read through this fast. It's a long mishnah, but it's interesting. Let me just give a preface. This guy was married twice. Let's make up a story. Once in his thirties, once in his fifties, or we'll say both in his thirties. And, yeah, let's make this more complicated. Let's say, he, let's say he's, he's, everything's close together. So he gets married in the year, we'll use English years, because unfortunately as Americans, this is the years we use. It'll be easier for our brains more than Tavshim Peydalid. We'll use the 2020s. So here's what happens. He has a daughter from one wife in the year 2018, 2019, 2020. He has daughters... He gets divorced, he now gets remarried. He has three more daughters in 2021, 2022, 2023. He has two groups of daughters. In each group, he has an older daughter, a middle daughter, and a younger daughter. And he's going to walk over to somebody and say to this person, either I'm marrying you off to my older daughter, or I'm marrying you off to my middle daughter, or I'm marrying you off to my younger daughter, and we don't know what he's talking about. Because he's got two groups of girls. How old are the daughters? Oh, so how old are the daughters? We'll see. We'll see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to matter. We said right away, if they're adults, they're out. Then he has no power. Right? Then he has no power at all. All right? So let's see. Let's see what's going on here. So listen to this. This guy's got two groups of girls from two wives. Biyomar, he says to the man, 
Kiddushes beat Yagdela. I'm marrying you off to my older older daughter. We don't know if it's the older daughter from the older group of girls. Or is it the older girl from the second group of girls? Here's one other possibility. You ready for this? Maybe he married off his youngest daughter from the first group who's still called older than all the girls from the second group. <laughs> Kulon Asurai said, all these girls in all these groups are going to be forbidden to marry anybody. Because they might be married to this guy, except for the youngest of the youngest group. Because she ain't older than anybody, so there's no excuse for him to call her the older daughter. See, even the middle daughter of the second group has a sister that she's older than. So you can call her the older sister, a Gedailah. But the baby in the family... There's no excuse to call her a Gedaila. So she's the only one that is not married. That is, is known to not be married. He says, He says, no. They're all cool. Calm your livers. If he said my older daughter, you know what older daughter means? The oldest daughter. Which is the oldest of the oldest. And other five are fine. Okay. Next case. Kiddash is beat Yagatana. What if it's the opposite? Instead of saying my older daughter, he says the youngest daughter. The younger daughter. I don't know if it's the youngest of the younger group. The youngest of the older group. Maybe, again, it's any girl that has a sister older than her. You can call her younger than the sister older than her. So all five are going to be a, a possibility of being married, except for the oldest of the oldest group, because there's no reason to call her a younger sister. So she's the only one that is certainly not married. No, younger daughter means youngest of the youngest, my baby. And the others are fine, okay? Shita Surveyor and Shita Surbyaisi, both opinions are consistent in how they view these words. And again, this is precious. It's a precious machlaikas because it teaches us to notice. I want to understand, you understand? You have Rameir and Rabbi using the same exact words, and they're learning out different practical halachas, which happens so often in my personal life when I have a conversation with my wife. And I have a conversation with my child, and I use words. I'm viewing those words in one way, and they could be taken in a completely different way. And we're both right. We're both right. It's just a matter of how you take in the words, which can lead to a lot of frustration. Right? It can lead to frustration. And the truth is, sometimes we're not even really arguing. Right? They say the joke is behind, behind every angry woman is a husband who has no clue what he did. Yeah, I don't even know what I did wrong. What just happened? Yeah, what I what just happened? I don't know what what. And then we're supposed to know without her telling us. You should know. Yeah, you should know. Yeah, what? How my you know what happened? Nothing. You could you, you as human beings we use words. I said the older girl. According to Rebbe Mayer, you know what the older girl means? Five out of six. And according to Rabbi Yaisi, no, it doesn't. It means one out of six. Same words, completely different results. So you have to, we have to, we have to give each other space. We have to give, <laughs> have to give each other space with this, right? And 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 how we understand each other. It's, it's beautiful when you learn these. You're like mamish. Is mamish? You have to take it in. Okay. Says the Gemara. But katanas are, uh, th- this seems to give off that katanas are included in the get. Shmami, no, you learn from here. Kedushin, shame, Mesur, and the Bia have a Kedushin. Kedushin without the ability for Bia is a valid marriage. Because notice over here, none of these girls can have relations because they might be the sister of the married girl, right? So none of them could have relations with this guy, but we're still calling it a valid marriage. This is more not necessarily so, because maybe we're dealing with only one, you could be having sisters where one's already a uh, bagaris, another one is a minor, and over there, 
it's Kedushin HaMesur in Labia, because only one option for, for who's going to be married. It says Gemara by Grace Katani, it seems multiple adult daughters. My by Grace, by Grace Alma, in general, older girls. Yeah, but it doesn't mean in this family there's a bunch of older girls. Pshita, by Grace Maya Vitae, says Gemara, if that's the case, so then no father can ever marry off his adult daughters. What's the conversation? The, the, the girl, the adult daughters, asked her father to marry her off. So over here you have an interesting case. The, the, you have a father who has rights to his minor daughter's marriage, and he also is carrying the messengership of his older daughter. See, he could marry her off, not from the Torah's right, but from being a messenger. So, I would have thought to say, when a father accepts Kedushin, it's on behalf of his older daughter. Because he's the A father's first going to marry off his minor daughter, because that's the greatest benefit to him. Then to, to work on behalf of his adult daughter. Says Gemara, but aren't we done with the case where the, the girl asked her father to be a shliach and said the money of the marriage is also going to go to you and therefore he has what to gain because he's going to make money off of marrying her off. The man's going to give him the money and she could say, Pops, you can keep the money. Very nice, he might benefit financially, but he's got a mitzvah to marry off his minor daughter. He doesn't have a mitzvah to marry off his adult daughter. Obviously, it's a mitzvah to do chesed and help her out, but the mitzvah the Torah gives you, he, he's first going to take care of his own responsibility and then take care of the, the responsibility of his messengership. The person has two groups of daughters, so we gave a case of the older and a case of the younger. Tricha, I need both cases. The Ashmin and Kamaisa, if we would have only given the case of the older daughter, Bahachamar of Meir, to Kivandika Zutra Mine, since all of them have younger sisters, you could say, oh, this is my older daughter. She's older than the girl under her. But in the case where he says, I'm marrying off to the younger daughter, maybe the, the youngest means only the youngest of the youngest. Yeah, it's interesting, right? How, uh, how parents call their children babies. Right? This, is my, this is my younger daughter. This is my, yeah. So it's, it, most, people, most people view their kids like kids. They're young. No matter how old they are, they're young. So, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to young, yeah, the baby's the baby. But everybody else you might call older. We would say that the opposite. Therefore, we need, uh, therefore we need both cases. Okay. Says Gemara, you know what? Let's hold it here. There's a new new topic, a new conversation. We're going to pick up from tomorrow, Bez Hashem, same time, 640. <laughs> Robert says, baby's 37 years old. Totally get you. Totally get you. Gavaldic. So, uh, so um, we'll pick up from the member of Mayor Savar. Rabbi Yosef, we'll get a little bit uh, deeper into this. Machlaikas Bez Hashem tomorrow, 640. Hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.